Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome to Money Wise Radio Show with the Money Guys, Ray Lance and Peter Lance. I'm Phil Paleologus and delighted to be in your company once again, Ray and Peter. Thank you, Phil. I'm Ray Lance and always a pleasure to be with you. And it's always a pleasure to be with our listeners on Sunday mornings. We always learn something. It's always interesting. And folks, there are many, many reasons to plan wisely. And in this show, you're going to hear a few of them. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Dad. Good morning, everyone. Hello Dad, there, Peter. Your voice sounds especially uh, uh, baritone and, and <laughs> golden today. Well, I, I try to practice a little bit. You know, I think it's helpful. You go, ma, 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 me, me, me. But uh-huh. anyways, let's go right into our topic this morning. <laughs> we won't go there. Um, today we're going to talk about something that's very complicated, very detailed, but really impacts a lot of people who are listening. It doesn't matter whether somebody has small assets, little assets, or much larger assets. And also, if somebody has their own business, this is an important subject today because we're going to be talking about IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, not only traditional qualified retirement accounts for individuals, but also for businesses. And so we really need to kind of jump into it immediately. There are a lot of important topics. The first thing we'd like to talk about today, Phil, is the different types of accounts that exist. And let's start by just listing what some of them are for um, individuals. There's the individual retirement account, which a lot of people are most familiar with. It's called an IRA. There's also a Roth IRA. We're going to explain some of the differences between them and why somebody might want to look at a Roth IRA instead of a traditional IRA account. There's a 401k account for people who are working at a business. Most corporations today don't provide traditional pension plans anymore. And so they do offer 401k plans. And there are also Roth 401k accounts, simple IRA accounts, SEP IRA accounts. There are many, many choices for individuals. And why this is important for somebody who might still be working in particular is the government retirement programs are really not going to be there as much as they have been in the past and traditional pensions are not going to be there the way they have been in the past Mm. so it's very important for people to think about should i set up my own ira account and there are many many other questions related to this how much money can i put in when should i put it in when can i take it out what should i have my money invested in so we need to jump right into some of that. Okay. And um, Peter, if you want to mention very quickly what some of the kinds of business retirement accounts there are, and just you know, sort of go down the list of them. Sure. I mean, the the link the the list I should say is uh, really quite long for all the different types of IRAs, four hundred one ks. But for businesses, uh, you know, for, for self employed retirement plans, there's a SEP IRA, simple IRAs, solo four hundred one ks, keyhole plans. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of different type of uh, retirement savings accounts that you can get into. And a lot of times individuals or businesses will, will feel that, well, they can't afford to set up a retirement account or they can't put, afford to put money into a retirement account. And today it's almost the case that you can't afford not to have some kind of a private retirement account, whether you're an individual or a business. I also want to mention, Phil, that I, I brought just to show you the 
IRS, the uh, Internal Revenue Service, has a publication. It's called Publication 590. It's called Individual Retirement Arrangements. And it's a handy little guide if you'd like to look through it. It's only 113 pages long. For everybody listening, sit back and get comfortable. We're going to now read the entire IRS publication. I think in the Internal Revenue Code, there's something like 2,000 pages. Incredible. Not- Incredible. And that's just a handy little note. <laughs> Nothing dry at all about the IRS code. <laughs> oh, well. It is a useful guide, but... You really need to have almost a tax degree. And by the way, I have a tax degree. Um, so this is an important subject. I, I like taxes. Um, I don't like to pay them particularly, but I like the <laughs> subject of taxes and tax planning because for me, it's like a very complicated puzzle. Mm-hmm. And I find it a lot of fun. Sure. Not many people would probably make that statement. My parents, you know, they have very unique uh, interests in that he really loves following up on all the different tax changes and, and all the different tax implications. And my mother loves to do applications. The longer, the better. <laughs> and I can't stand to do either one. Well, most people <laughs> can't. And this is why it's great to have two professionals under one roof. At USA Wealth Group. Well, thanks. And you have to be fussy and detailed to really like this stuff or to enjoy this stuff. And a smart uh, problem solver. Anyone who can truly tackle a puzzle is, uh, in my estimation, uh, a, a problem solver. A problem solver. We like to solve problems. I always like to tell people there's two things in particular we want to do. One, make sure you don't lose your money. And secondly... There's always something that everybody can do to make more money, reduce debt, and generally to just improve your financial position. And mm-hmm. that's our primary goal. So, so Dad, with the little introduction that we've had, can you just give a general breakdown of IRAs and 401ks? Everybody knows uh, you know, the, the rough idea as to what they are, but can you explain a little bit uh, more in detail about what they are? Sure. Let's go into it. Uh, first of all, by starting to talk about contribution amounts. How much money can somebody contribute? Uh, we've mentioned that there are different types of accounts. And the rules change slightly every year. For 2012, which has already gone past, uh, you can still contribute to an IRA for 2012 if you haven't yet filed your income tax return for 2012. And if you make your contribution between now and April 15th, so April 15th is a magic day. Anytime from January 1st to April 15th of every year, you can make a contribution for the prior year's uh, IRA account. And you might get a deduction if you do that and be able to reduce your tax uh, impact or have Mm -hmm. a larger refund. So don't forget to do a 2012 IRA contribution. If you haven't yet filed your tax return, and do it before April 15th. So let's talk about what amount can we contribute. If you're age 49 and under in 2012, you can put as much as $5,000 into a traditional IRA account. If you're 50 years of age or older, and we're considered baby boomers or budding seniors or something, I suppose, (laughs) then the the amount has a makeup amount and you can actually contribute $6,000. $6,000. And I'm going to explain in a minute the limits for 2013 
if you want to do an IRA in 2013, are a little bit higher. So the first thing you have to do in order to make an IRA contribution at all is you have to have earned income. If you don't have any money at all, if you're not making any earned income, then you cannot contribute to a traditional IRA account. And um, don't forget that makeup rule, that's very important. There are rules about when you can set up an IRA account if you happen to work for a company that has a 401k account. This is a little dry and technical. I'm going to go over it fairly quickly so we won't get bogged down in a lot of the details. If you work for a company that has a 401k and you'd like to put something else aside, you can also do an IRA account. Um, I'm not going to mention all the numbers because it would be fairly boring, but there are phase-out rules for how much you can earn if you want to do both. Um, for 2013, if you want to do an IRA, you can make a little bit larger contribution. Now you can contribute $5,500 in 2013 compared to $5,000 in 2012. And you can do that makeup amount also to make it $6,500. So whether you're self-employed, whether you're an individual, working for a company, uh, as long as you have earned income, don't forget to look into doing that. Now what about somebody who is no longer working for a company and had a 401k with that company? Well that's a little bit different. If you have a 401k account and you've left that particular company, maybe gone to a new company, you're still working, or if you've just retired, generally you don't want to leave your money in the 401k account. Why is that? Well, two reasons. Number one, first of all, the IRS has a whole set of regulations on determining what the rules are for your IRA or your 401k account. But secondly, the company plan itself for the 401k also has a complete set of regulations. So now you've got two sets of rules and regulations if you have a 401k account. When you leave the employment of that particular company or whether you're retired from that company, move it over to an IRA, you have only one set of regulations and you have a lot more choices of what you can do with the money. Sometimes the company 401k will restrict the categories of things that you can invest into. And so get the money out of your 401k if you're no longer with that particular company for whatever reason. Right. And that's a good question, Pete. And uh, you know what, folks, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Money Wise Radio Show with the Money Guys this Sunday morning. Ray Lance and Peter Lance helping make your retirement better. And uh, we're talking about some very interesting uh, tips here, IRAs, uh, 401ks, and uh, the kinds of accounts that most people have. What would they be? Well, if somebody is working for a school system, for example, mm -hmm. uh, they will probably have a 403B account. I see. Which is very similar to a 401K account if you're working for a company, and it's very similar to an IRA for tax purposes. So all the general rules that we're going to discuss about how much can you contribute, um, well, particularly for IRAs, we're focusing on that at the moment. but you can actually put more money aside if you have a 401k account, and it's, mm -hmm. it's very large. It's over $17,000. Doesn't apply to a lot of people. Uh, we do have clients that have actually put that much money aside, and they put the maximum amount. And we have clients that do that and have an IRA account. 
But in general, the rules for taxation, when you have to take distributions, rules for inheritance, and so forth, those rules will be the same across the board for 401ks, 403bs, IRA accounts, and so forth, the rules of taxation. The amount you can contribute will vary somewhat if you have a 401k versus an IRA account. And as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, you really do need to plan for your own retirement and not expect that there's going to be a pension, even if there may be one uh, at your company now. Uh, we've just seen so so many uh, pensions go away or be reduced, and uh, that will most likely continue. You really have to make your own savings for your retirement. One of the general things that we've said in uh, past shows, Phil, is this whole subject area is so complicated. Uh, the rules seem fairly basic, but there are so many sub-rules that we won't even have time to go into today, nor would we want to, uh, just for their complexity. Don't try to do it yourself. Get some professional advice. By all means. Whether it's your bank or your financial advisor, mm -hmm. or certainly come see Peter and me at the USA Wealth right. Group and would be happy to, to walk you through it. In fact, we're happy to sit down and have you bring in your 401k statement or your IRA statement. We'll look at it. We'll make sure you have beneficiaries set up properly, and we'll do that review with no charge. And not only that, but we're looking to help you, and we've mentioned that almost every show. Oftentimes what we have seen with somebody's 401k or IRA is even if we don't recommend that it be moved, we most often will recommend that it be changed or modified slightly with the investments that you are in uh, because you know sometimes we can do that we can do that in, in some situations and uh, you know instead of a loss possibly have a gain let me give you one tip here's our first tip for this morning Alrighty. make sure you have proper beneficiaries designated on your IRA or your 403b account because here's what the IRS says. If you don't have a beneficiary named, the beneficiary will be your estate, and your estate will have to go through probate to prove who your legal heirs are before that IRA can even be paid out. Yeah, one of the most important things that we can tell you is, as my father just mentioned, you want to make sure that all of your paperwork, but you know, including your 401k, your IRA, that the beneficiary information is correct and exactly how you want the money to be distributed, but also that you know where all of your documents and beneficiary forms are, mm. so you can get a hold of them easily and just look at them you know, once a year, every other year, just to make sure that, that there's no changes that have been made. Such great advice. I bet you the majority of people don't even think of this when, unfortunately, they go through a divorce or there's a death or something of that nature, right? Well, usually by the time of death, it's too late at that point. Uh, in the case of a divorce, they always think about it oh. because <laughs> somebody is very interested in that IRA account. And they can be divided and they can be split up in the case of a divorce. But there's a real simple solution. If you don't know where your beneficiary designation forms are, uh, a very simple, uh, easy way to solve the problem 
Simply contact whoever your IRA custodian is, get a new form, fill it out, and send it in. But keep a copy for yourself. It's very, very important. Very important. Very easy to do. Most often you can fax the change in. Um, you know, this, this life happens so fast and so many changes. You might have a new child, grandchild, uh, recent right. divorces, just so many changes. Just make sure, sure that everything is up to date so you don't have the money go to the wrong people and you get it in the hands of the right people. Topic number two, Phil, we want to talk about is distributions. Um, for the most part, you normally want to be 59 and a half before you take anything at all from your IRA or your qualified retirement account. If you take it earlier than that, and there are a few exceptions for health, education, and so forth, if you take it earlier than 59 and a half, then you pay ordinary income tax on it, but you'll also pay a 10% penalty. Mm. So generally we tell people wait at least until age 59 and a half. Right. That's fairly straightforward. And then when you reach age 70 and a half, you must begin taking minimum distributions. And we're gonna have a couple of other tips in just a moment. There's a table, uh, the IRS several years ago revised the distribution rules and made it much easier to calculate what your minimum distributions are. Don't forget to take those minimum distributions when you reach 70 and a half. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you two very quick stories. Okay. We did a seminar once and talked about retirement accounts. And I had a gentleman who came up to me afterwards and said, I am 74 years old and I've never taken any money from my retirement account. And I said, why didn't you take any money out? And he said, well, I got the paperwork from the bank and I put it all into a drawer. And it was just too complicated and I didn't pay any attention to it. Oh my. That gentleman is going to have to pay ordinary income tax, but he's also going to pay a 50% penalty oh. on the amount that he didn't take out. So the rules are very serious. You must take distributions, uh, very, very important. And I just read recently that Fidelity, the big financial company in Boston said, last year, one third of their people who had reached age 70 and a half who should have taken distributions hadn't sent any paperwork in and it was already near the end of December and they had been warned and one third of the IRA, one third of the Fidelity IRA holders we're going to end up paying penalties because it's a very simple rule. You have to take the money out. And, and that's just one case. There are a lot of people who they look at the paperwork, and even if it's only one or two pages, if they don't understand one thing, they just put it aside and forget about it. Ignorance is bliss, but it's not bliss when you know, have to pay the, uh, the penalties on that. Certainly and, and, in a lot of cases, you can set up to have your RMD automatically once you do it the first time automatically taken each year so you don't have to think about it again. Most people need their IRA account money. They need it to live on. If you don't need it, you can convert your IRA, and I'm using that term generically, you can convert it to a Roth IRA. We won't have time today to get into detail on that, but you have to pay the income taxes on it, but then it becomes a Roth, and then money in the future will grow tax-free, and when you take it out, it's entirely tax-free, no income tax. That's the benefit of the Roth IRA. You can also donate um, IRA money to a charity and get a tax deduction and not have to pay income taxes. That's interesting. So there are a lot of choices. They're not for most people. Most people want to use their money and they want to have as much as possible. Coming up next, we're gonna talk about um, what to do if you inherit an IRA account. We're gonna talk about stretch IRAs and inherited IRAs and uh, we'll talk about some specialty issues as well for IRA accounts and some tips. Lots Sounds of tips. great. 
And uh, let's take a, a break right here and remind our Sunday morning listeners that you're listening to Money Wise, radio show with the money guys. Ray Lance and Peter Lance helping make your retirement better and showing you how to protect your assets. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Wise Radio Show with the Money Guys, Ray Lance and Peter Lance. It's your money, protect it wisely. These two gentlemen show us exactly how to do that every Sunday morning at this time. And uh, just before the break, we were talking about uh, different uh, ways that uh, we can distribute our IRAs and uh, our uh, stretch IRAs. What do you want to talk about next? Well, next we're going to, do, to talk about what happens if you inherit an IRA account. What should you do? Okay. And, of course, most people would simply say, well, I'm going to clap my hands and be happy if I inherit an IRA account. But our advice is not so fast. Get some advice before you simply get down to the bank or the institution and cash out the money. Because there are many, many things that you can do to multiply the benefit of that IRA account especially if you don't need it right away. So let's talk a little bit about um, what happens if the primary IRA account holder dies. And let's say that that person is survived by a spouse. Mm -hmm. The spouse can do something called a spousal rollover. There's no time limit on doing that. And a lot of, I'll, I'll say that it's the husband who died first and the wife who survived, which is fairly common. And a lot of advice given is that the wife should simply go down and roll over the IRA into her own name. That's true in most cases, but it's not true in all cases. And most of the times we see that situation, the surviving spouse is also over 59 and a half. And then to do a spousal rollover is perfectly okay. The IRA then becomes fully titled in the surviving spouse's name she can name whoever she chooses as her own beneficiaries. Why are you assuming that the husband dies first? I, know, I said that's the example. <laughs> it's, not, it's not always the case, but that's just the example that we'll use today. And um, what happens if the wife is under the age of 59 and a half and rolls it over as a spousal IRA? She can do that, but guess what? Now she can't take any money out until she's 59 and a half. Because if she does, she's taking out money prematurely. Right. And she'll pay penalties and so forth. And a lot of advisors simply don't understand that very simple little rule. So that's, that's the case of a spouse. Just make sure you get advice and take a look at it because you have different choices and different ways you can handle that. We do quite a bit of uh, rollovers, uh, both spousal and stretch and from uh, one company uh, upon retirement. Um, can you explain, Dad, the benefit of a stretch IRA and what that entails? Sure. A stretch IRA is also called sometimes an inherited IRA, and it's particularly beneficiary, beneficial if you have a beneficiary who's younger than the person who died, because then that person doesn't have to take the money out as a lump sum, and if they do take it as a lump sum, which is one of their choices, 
it puts them into a higher tax bracket often, and they have to pay immediately income taxes on it. A better choice might be to leave it titled in the name of the person who died. So it'll be Mr. James Farmer, the person who died, comma, inherited IRA for the benefit of son Charles Farmer, mm-hmm. let's say. So it is most cases for children. And mostly for children, but it doesn't have to be just a child. It can be for any beneficiary that you've named as long as they're younger. And it allows that person to take the money out over their life expectancy. And if they are younger, they're going to be withdrawing much less money. Therefore, they're going to pay less taxes on it. And then when that younger person goes to retire at their normal retirement age, that account will have grown larger and they'll have a bigger retirement account. So there's tax benefits on both ends as well as the possibility of a much larger retirement account when the child or the beneficiary goes to retire. Well, and not only that, the rules, again, that's why I say it's very important not to do any of these things alone but to get some professional advice. The rules, again, are complicated. The person who died, had they already reached their mandatory 70-and-a-half-year required beginning date, they call it, or had they not? The rules are different for how you take money out depending upon how old the person was who died. Interesting. So um, it's a complicated subject. We're not trying to make it more complicated than it is and hopefully bring in a little bit of uh, clarity to it. But just remember that somebody is always going to pay income taxes on this traditional IRA-type account. And if anybody has any questions about any of this uh, or would like a copy of the show, we have not mentioned our phone number yet. Give us a call. We're happy to answer any questions regarding your IRAs, 401ks, or any other financial matter. Our number is 508-998-8858. Yep. Good point. We have a number of reports on IRAs. We'd be happy to provide those to anyone who's interested. So again, for a non-spouse beneficiary, when the uh, primary person dies, you can take it as a lump sum, but it might not be a good tax-wise thing to do or you can take it out over that person's life expectancy. And by the way, you can also name a trust as a beneficiary. Some people want to do that sometimes. Um, Again, a very specialty topic that we won't go into. Or charity. Or charity. Let's talk about the differences between traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs, because some people have heard about, well, should I do a Roth IRA? Should I do a traditional IRA? There's the rules for... contribution amount are the same. For 2012, it's $5,000 if you're 49 or younger, and it's uh, $6,000 if you're age 50 or older. And the amounts go up for 2013. It's now $5,500 and $6,500. Those rules for how much you can put into a Roth or a traditional are the same. But then there's a great many differences between Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs. Excuse me. Uh, First of all, for a traditional IRA, you have to be working. You have to have earned income. We talked about that at the beginning of the hour. And your ability to take a tax deduction depends upon how much money you earn. For most people, it's not a problem. It's generally for higher income levels that they have to be thinking about, can I take a tax deduction or not? So again, we won't even go into that amount on the radio, but we'd be happy to provide that information. 
Um, the rules are somewhat similar for Roth IRAs, although the income levels are a little bit less. And the primary benefit of a Roth IRA is the money can accumulate tax deferred the same way the traditional does, but later when the money comes out, there's no income tax on it. That is great. So that income tax is paid when you contribute, correct? Uh, yes, you've already paid the income tax before you put money into the Roth. So uh, that can be a big benefit, particularly if somebody is in a situation where they're not really going to need to use their IRA account. Maybe they have a pension or they've got enough other income. Then that can be a very good reason for uh, doing that. And I want to give um, my second tip right now, sort okay. of interrupting this discussion just a little bit. We have a raised tip. This is our second tip. <laughs> A lot of people, Phil, think that, well, gee, um, I want to start taking money out of my IRA account, but I want to let I want to wait until I'm 70 and a half and let it accumulate. And generally, that might be a good idea. But if this person needs income, then they say, well, I'm going to take my Social Security income when I'm 62 or 65 instead, and I'm going to let my IRA accumulate until I reach age 70 and a half when I have to start taking it. Sometimes, depending upon the circumstances, just the opposite might be a much, much better choice. Hmm. And that is, and again, it depends on the amount of income the person might need, um, start using your IRA when you retire and don't take your Social Security until later. Because you can let Social Security benefits accumulate all the way up to age 70. Right. And that's going to forever maximize the amount the, that you'll be able to get from Social Security. So for some people, it's going to be better for them to not take Social Security, but instead withdraw money from the IRA account. And a lot of people have heard just the opposite. Right. So you really need to look at this very carefully um, before you decide to do that. I remember last week you were mentioning something similar about life insurance. Yes. Letting your Social Security build up and uh, tapping into the life insurance, which would be, in some cases, a much more wise decision. Retirement planning needs to be a combination of looking at IRA accounts, Social Security, pension, and all the possible income sources that somebody has. And I know that this sounds a little bit you know, corny or cliche, but your retirement requires a lot of different tools in your toolbox. You don't just want to have one tool. You can't, you know, fix everything in the house with one tool. So oftentimes we'll talk about different retirement tools. And this is just another tool that we uh, mm -hmm. like to share with I you. I think that's a great analogy. Uh, folks, you're listening to Money Wise Radio Show with the Money Guys, Ray Lance and Peter Lance, showing you how to protect your assets and great information, wonderful tips. I want to come back for a minute and talk about Roth IRAs. If I had to make a guess, probably less than 5% of the people who might be listening might have a Roth IRA. But if anybody is in that situation, then there's a few things, or if they're considering doing a Roth, there's a few other things that uh, might be useful to know. When you put money in a Roth IRA, you, know, you don't get a tax deduction for it, cause, but you've already paid the taxes on it. Um, there isn't any mandatory distribution age, so 
unlike the traditional IRA where you have to start taking money out when you reach 70 and a half, you never have to take money out of the Roth. And you can pass it along to your family if you want. And again, all the earnings on the account are totally tax-free as long as you follow all the rules and regulations for it. And the amounts uh, that you can contribute will um, are only available for somebody who makes a certain amount of income. And rather than go into that on the telephone, or excuse me, on the radio, I'd, I'd do it on the telephone or in the mm-hmm. uh, privacy of our office. So it's not for everybody, but it's, it's a great thing to do if you are in that category. Um, next, I'd like to talk about some uh, special uh, issues. Uh, we've talked about a few of these already, and I don't want to be repetitive, but make sure that you talk to your beneficiaries about stretch IRAs, especially if you have children or grandchildren who are named. Uh, it's such an important thing, and it creates a further retirement benefit for the younger generation. Uh, make sure always that you have beneficiary forms, and uh, we'll show you how to complete them. We'll show you how to get the forms if you don't have them, and certainly keep copies. Let's talk a little bit next about where to invest your IRA account. I was just going to ask you about that. Where are the different places, uh, tools that you can invest your IRAs? Well, certainly a bank. A lot of people have their money in a bank. Uh, Bank rates, unfortunately, are fairly low right now. They're at an all-time low, historic low. Maybe they were lower in the Great Depression, but probably not by much. And... um, But yet still a lot of people have IRAs uh, sitting in CDs or in bank accounts. And if they're more comfortable with that and they're happy with the returns, then they should stay there. Other people uh, have their funds in mutual funds or stock accounts, brokerage accounts. And um, that's okay if somebody is comfortable knowing that there's market volatility. The stock market can go up, it can also go down. And so they could see increased values or they could see decreasing values. Other choices are things like annuities. Um, There are something called a self-directed IRA where you have to be very careful with the rules, but you can put money into other kinds of things, even including some types of real estate, not your house, obviously. And um, we do a lot of work in the area of annuities, Phil, where you can protect the principal from going down and yet still earn some fairly reasonable returns. So there are a number of places where people can invest. And it's extremely important if you have your money in mutual funds or if you have your 401k account, take a look at your statements when you get them. I'm constantly amazed, but no longer surprised, when I see people come in the office and they look at their statement, they don't even look at their statements to see what they're doing. Dear goodness. So they don't know if they're making wow. money or losing money. Speaking of the statements, Ray, uh, Pete, uh, also, where's a good place to store these copies and, uh, you know, these very valuable papers? What I would recommend, Phil, is go to Office Max, Staples, any place like the BJ's. Uh, you can get a waterproof and fireproof safe for like 40 bucks. Really? Um, other than That's that, great, you yeah. know, in a special drawer in your office, if you have a, a desk or an office at your house or just anywhere where you know where it is, where you can have it handy and where you can tell somebody that you trust where it is. But, you know, certainly recommended to put it in a safe 
So should anything, God forbid, happen, uh, it will be protected and uh, you won't have to try to reproduce the, the documents. Very good. Uh, if you're just joining us, every Sunday morning at this time, you will be uh, afforded the very best advice. You're listening to the Money Wise radio show with the Money Guys, Ray Lance and Peter Lance. You shouldn't necessarily, in the safes that I was just talking about, put money or anything else, uh, just documents that would be useless to people uh, who might steal the safe because the safes that I'm talking about are generally, you know, something that you can pick up and carry out, mm -hmm. but just something to put important documents um, that would only be useful to you or your loved ones. Right. Would you, would you bolt it to the floor? If possible, absolutely. The ones I'm talking about for 40 bucks or so, you really can't and still maintain the fire and waterproof protection. But oh, yeah. there are, you know, more expensive safes out there. It's certainly a, a worthy investment if, you know, it's something that you can afford and uh, can do. Um, coming up in, in the next couple of months, we'll be talking about a bunch of different things. But one of them is protecting your home and not just, uh, you know, with homesteads and estate plans, but also security systems and everything else. Absolutely. Our home was broken into recently. And That's next week. Um, oh, wow. So we'll be talking about protecting your home yeah. uh, in every aspect uh, and also what happens when you turn 65 and funeral and burial planning. So uh, some important topics. Yes, Stuff they are. People don't necessarily want to think about all the time, but it's uh, important to protect yourself. Very important. There's good things and not so good things that happen to you when yep. you turn 65. It's part of life. <laughs> we'll be talking about some of that. Mm -hmm. So um, let's come back for just a moment and talk a little bit more about IRAs. Um, one of the other things to tell you about uh, investments is look at your statements. Simply take a look at your statements. But if you're not happy with what your returns are, then by all means get some advice about something you might do differently. We tell people generally to be conservative as you get closer to retirement or if you're actually retired. Be as conservative as possible because one of our mantras and our rules is don't lose the money. At that point in time, at that stage in your life when you're thinking about taking money from your IRA account, or if you already are, you don't want to risk the money. You don't want to lose the principal. So we tell people to get more conservative, certainly at that point. When you're younger, yes, you can take more risk and have more opportunities to try to increase the accounts. We had a client in, oh gosh, I don't know, about six months ago, and her um, husband controlled the money entirely. And he loved the stock market, loved to play, and just, you know, it was a form of gambling, essentially. And almost all their money was in the stock market. And, you know, you just got to make sure that when you're retired or about retirement age, if you have a lot of money and you want to play around in the stock market, that's fine. But most of it really should be protected where it's not going to lose anything. So right. you can live out your retirement. And just to be clear, we're not telling people to not get into the stock market. You not know, by any means. We're not investment advisors. No, we're, I understand. We're financial advisors, and we talk. We give a lot of retirement information. Mm -hmm. um, I had a client probably six or seven years ago who, during one of the market declines, had lost 50% of the value of her retirement account, her IRA account. Mm -hmm. And she was literally in tears in my office, and we talked about the concept of is this a time when you should lock in what you have and protect it and put it in something safe and more secure? And what she did instead is she took half of the remaining money and she put it into options and puts and calls and really gambling things in, right. the, in the stock market. to try to make it back. And she lost another 50%. And she ended up with 25%. And we just said, we're not going to be able to help you. Yeah. 
So you have to be cautious. You always yes. have to be smart about what you're doing. One of the rules that we talked about in a prior show was to pay yourself first. How do you get started doing an IRA account? If you don't have one yet and you say, well, I can't write a check for $5,000 or even $1,000, then start putting something aside today, tomorrow for retirement. Whether it's $10 a week or $25 a week. It adds up fast. Put it aside in a special account, it adds up terribly fast. And then when you have $1,000, maybe you go down to the local bank and you open up a $1,000 IRA account and a bank account. Mm -hmm. It won't pay much interest, but at least it'll be there and you're not gonna touch it again. And then if you keep doing that and maybe you've got $5,000, then maybe you'll do something else with it. And it will become habit and you'll actually, you won't even think about it anymore. You'll continue to set aside the $10 or whatever you can afford every week and you won't even yes. think about it anymore. It's just be habit. And we won't talk about any dollar amounts or anything else, but uh, Peter has an IRA account and his wife has an IRA account and their company, her company has no pension a fund, typical pension fund. So you have to save for yourself. You bet. Or it won't be there later. So let's talk again about, um, we talked a little bit about where to invest your IRA account. A reminder that if you retire and you have a 401k account or a 403b account, if you were a teacher perhaps, uh, we do a lot of work with uh, TIAA slash CREF accounts, C-R-E-F. Um, a lot of college teachers and college professors have those kinds of accounts. Don't stay in the investments that you're in necessarily. At least examine it and look into the possibility of doing a rollover into an IRA where you can more directly be in control of what that account is. We see a lot of retired teachers, municipal workers, mm -hmm. and um, it's just real important to take a look at your statements. We'll, we'll help you do that. And by the way, we have a number of uh, reports that we're happy to give you. Um, we have everything from stretch IRA reports to traditional IRA accounts. 2013 tax planning guides. I mean, we have all kinds of different information that we're happy to just mail out to you. No obligation, as always. And we have a social security guide for baby boomers. Oh, that has always been a very, very popular free report on the Baby Boomers Guide to Social Security. You can call 508-998-8858 and have it uh, mailed out to you folks. The rules for taxation are the same for everybody. How you handle your IRA account, especially compared to your other assets, and especially compared to Social Security, it's a little bit different for every person and every couple that we see. And one of the things we've talked about in the past, and I'll mention it again briefly, if you were fortunate enough to have a life insurance policy where you might have some cash buildup, you can withdraw that cash and use that to support yourself and use that for income only that money will not be taxable at all as taxable income. It's considered a loan from the company against your policy. And while you're doing that, you can let your Social Security benefits continue to increase and wait until age 66 or wait until age 70. And that money is then gonna be at a larger level for life. You can do the same thing with your IRA account. If you have money, for example, inside of a life insurance policy, your IRA can accumulate and then wait until age 70 and a half before you start to touch that. 
And always, always, not only name beneficiaries, name a second beneficiary. What happens, we, we've seen actual cases, and we read a great article about a $2 million IRA, highly unusual, it was an actual case in New Jersey where the husband had named his sister as his beneficiary, and then he died. Uh, excuse me, he named his sister as his beneficiary. Then he got married. He never changed his beneficiary form. Oh. He had a $2 million IRA account, and then he died, and his sister was named as his beneficiary and not his wife. The sister inherited the IRA account. The wife sued, saying, well, of course the husband meant to name me. She did not win. So those beneficiary forms may sound simple. Holy mackerel. <laughs> but they need to be correct. Of course. And, and looked at at least once a year. Absolutely. Well, you've so given general, us some fabulous information this hour. Not everybody has an IRA account or 401k or 403b. If you do, get some professional advice as to the best way to handle it and how to name beneficiaries. I'm seeing people one or two years before they retire sometimes and we're making plans for what happens then. We're happy to help you. If you simply want your statements reviewed and some recommendations, we're happy to sit down with you and there's no charge to do that. Just give us a call, 508-998-8858, and we're happy to meet with you and help you. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. And uh, a real interesting delight to have this information shared with our radio audience. Uh, tune in again next week. To Money Wise Radio Show with the Money Guys, Ray Lance and Peter Lance. Remember, uh, Ray and Peter Lance are financial advisors with USA Wealth Group, located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. And their goal is to help you protect your family and protect your money. And next week, we'll be talking about protecting your home. Looking forward to it. Until then, so long, everybody. <laughs>